Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the interesting topic of what if everything in your life was on your side? So we are going to begin the conversation by inviting you to imagine that everything in your life is on your side, everything that has ever happened is on your side, and whatever it is, it's somehow on your side. It's a whole new perspective. It's a way of refra reframing life. Yes, many people um, rebel against this simply because the language we speak has so many words to cast things into a negative light. And uh, as to my knowledge, they're never accurate. It is a matter of whatever happens, it is a matter of time till you realize it's on your side. One example would be the uh, automobile accident that happened 15 years ago. And the one day you wake up and go, you know, I never would have gotten a new car if it hadn't been for that. That accident was really on my side. You know, because of the language. And yeah, that's true. Changing the way in which you think and creating flags uh, with certain words is quintessential. There are so many disconnects in our language, it's to the point of being ridiculous. There's um, no such thing as uh, waste, for example. Nothing can be wasted. We have the word to think with, and we can, uh, we can apply it like we're, you know, handing out cards in a casino. But no, it's, um, you throw your food on the floor, the bacteria or the dog eats. There's no such thing as waste. The time wasted at red lights, so they'll sell you that one all day long. No, those are brief little moments of meditation, whether or not you know it. But when you have the word waste, that just blinds you to it, and then chink off into the um, void that this was not on my side. Somebody call in with something uh, that was not on your side. Well, you were, you were talking a few minutes ago about you always will eventually see the blessing in it yeah. and how it's on your side. Well, sometimes you don't see. Sometimes it's not a clear thing, but you have to use, or, or what's best to use is that thing that we call faith, but maybe we could upgrade it to say trust, you know, trusting that everything yeah. is on your side. So if you're looking for evidence saying, oh, that's on my side, let's search for the evidence of that. That's a wonderful, brilliant first step because it, it turns the search engine to look for something positive and on your side and not for something that's dangerous and against you. That's step number one. Number two, <coughs> excuse me, is to just trust it so much that you stop looking for any kind of yeah. a validation and you are just in the moment, you are in it and you experience fully what whatever that was came to bring to you. Well, that's the addiction to having to know why, which is one of the things that keeps us uh, completely <coughs> stupefied uh, in our society and the language we speak. The sky is blue, true or false, yes, the sky is blue, okay. Do you know why the sky is blue? Actually, I don't care if you know why the sky is blue, because if you do know why it's blue, it'll still be blue, and if you don't know why it's blue, it'll still be blue. So you don't have to have the answer why why is this on my side? <clears throat> the idea being to accept that it's, <clears throat> accept that it's on your side. Mm -hmm. And you know, clearing my throat is on my side. 
Everything's on my side. Yeah, I think some dust just rippled through here because I, I got a tickle in my throat just a minute ago, too. Yeah, uh, we're, we're contagious. Clearing your throat's contagious. <coughs> <coughs> I wonder how many people out there are coughing now. <laughs> 67%. Well, let's 76. yawn and see how many people we can get to. That would be good. Yawn. Now, if we explain how the language, uh, even in its completely defective form, is on your side, uh, that's a simple why, okay? Because you can wake up from it. You can mm -hmm. start to notice these words that take your power from you. Can't is a terrific word to take your power from you. Works every time. You can't imagine. Told you you can't. Okay, so the idea <laughs> that you're on, you know, everything is on your side, and <laughs> that expands ever so gracefully, elegant, elegantly. Uh, every thought that's in your head is on your side. Well, what about these horrible, terrible thoughts? No, they're on your side. Why is that? Because you can identify them as something you don't, you don't have to have that experience. You don't have to think that way. You know, while you mentioned that, I'd just like to say something about that before we move past oh, that, sure. about the thoughts in your head. Because I hear people a lot of times say, I know that my thoughts create reality and, and all that. Um, we taught, you know, your thoughts create your beliefs, your beliefs create your reality, and your beliefs create your thoughts, and vice versa and everything. But, you know, we do have a workroom in our head where we do entertain thoughts, and not every thought manifests. Thank goodness not every thought has manifested in your life. I'm sure you've thought of slugging your boss at times, and that never happened. Well, we do have an area where we can brainstorm and contemplate these things. So don't worry if you have negative thoughts that they're going to show up and bite you. I know that that's what the law of attraction teaches us, but there is a place in there for us to experiment and to create. And if we're worried about everything in our mind dropping out and becoming real, that's not going to work. It takes a lot to, to launch your um, to, to create that scalar wave within your brain to launch that. Uh, so at any rate, just thought I would insert that. So go yeah. ahead and you well, were talking about everything being on your side, even the words that... that the the words. thought that's in your head that appears so negative, it will turn out to be on your side. Mm -hmm. I noticed um, way back in um, 2014, God, that was years ago, wasn't it? I know, centuries. Yeah. No, the, the time is changing. That's another whole yeah. show we could do on sure that subject. Is. But I noticed that I kept being, and I'll just call it the thought dump, I would keep getting dumped into some um, traumatic situation in early life. Boom. Um, and uh, I kept going back to that same moment. And uh, that's when the philosophies in my head had gotten to the point where they said, well, you know, that's obviously on your side. Why is going back to that moment on your side? And I realized that reliving that moment meant that that particular episode in my life was um, going to be healed. I'd prefer transmuted, but fine, healed. So it was in my early, early childhood. We'd already moved, so I was at least, let's say I was seven, six or seven. And I uh, had been outside on, um, we had large uh, pine trees that went all the way to the ground, and I found a black widow. And I thought, oh, damn, this is cool. Oh, I didn't think damn as a small, ch as a small child. I thought, darn, this is cool. Okay, 
And so I run into the house and I go, Mom, Mom, I gotta have a jar, I gotta have a jar, I gotta, what do you want a jar for? I want a jar because I found a new pet. Now the child didn't say that, but the adult in Durbaning did. And she goes, well, what kind of pet is it? It's a spider. Well, uh, well and, you know, so I, I eventually, the Black Widow, mom loses her mind. And um, so I didn't, and I knew I could see it. I, I would just put the jar in front of the spider and just dunk, and then I would have a pet Black Widow. However, that never happened. But at, now, when this thought kept reoccurring, I recognized that is the place at which, in my life, nature became unsafe because I couldn't have ever imagined and therefore would not have happened that the spider would kill me. Mm -hmm. I, I just couldn't. I had a friend uh, who lived in Australia um, who, had, uh, who had the deepest, most melodic voice and to hear him you would just kind of drift away and he would tell <laughs> you to do things. And one day he, had, he confessed that a black widow spider bit him on the voice box when he was very young, and that's why his voice was so, he sounded a little like Gilford Godfrey's or whatever his name is. Gilbert Gottfried. No, I thought it was Gilbert Drake. Whoever those people are. Anyhow, <clears throat> but uh, he had the, mo and so that was the gift from the spider to him, because it about killed him. He said his neck uh, swell up larger than his head, yeah. which well, was a very a, funny a, image. A black widow on that throat like that would kill, so that's Yeah, well, he was not destined well, to die I think what point. you're saying, too, is, yeah, our beliefs do have a lot to do with that, what yeah. we believe about, and I do think that we live in a agreed-upon objective reality that's not really there, it's all subjective, but we have a projection of a, a sub, uh, uh, an objective reality, let's say, and so we do program things to be poisonous and all that. But, yeah. but you know that's a that's an interesting example. Uh, and but to not even have to find the outcome eventually, that's one of the the trickiest things we as humans do, is how can we not have validation on something? Many years ago, I had a dream, and I was standing in front of two elevators, and one side there was a lot of people waiting, and the doors open, and the car on the floor at different levels. And so, um, I had a spirit guide with me, and I said. I, I'm not sure I want to get on that. I think it's going to crash. And so the a guide says, well, get out of line and go and get do it. And so I, I followed over to there. And the other elevator opened up and the floor was level. And so I got on that and got in. And I said, can I go back and check to see if that elevator crashed, to see if my feeling was right, my intuition was right? And the guide said, no, because you cannot bring magic into the world of logic. It can't live there. You have to trust and your validation will come later. And really, your validation comes at the very moment you no longer require validation. Mm -hmm. But I, I was just looking at how many things in our life were in perpetual seeking of a validation. You know, we came here like that card game where you stick the card to your forehead and you look at everyone else for clues as to what you are, a spoon or whatever, and you ask questions trying to figure out who you are. And we are constantly like that kid's book of, are you my mother? Are you my mother? That little bird that was searching for its mother, asking everything it passed if it was its mother. And our need, and I'm putting uh -huh. that in quotes, it's like this perpetual need, whether we call it the ego or whatever, having to have validation either through someone saying, I love you, you're valuable to me, or that was great, I recognize this brilliant thing you just did, or I recognize you're doing a good job at work. 
what if we were not seeking that validation? <laughs> what if we just stopped? You wouldn't have to be incarnated. Well, I, I think that if we had that, we wouldn't be seeking a validation for something we, we thought was wrong, quote unquote, in our life, you know, to, to find a reason why even. We would just, we wouldn't look for that anymore. There would be no need for validation. It just occurred to me that could be the idea of really heaven, what we think of it, no longer requiring a validation of any kind. And so the mind, the consciousness can then be free to create endlessly without anything stopping it. Well, this is very true, and that very well could be. Uh, I, I think that's yeah. a secret to the universe for well, those who have ears in, to hear it. Yeah, and in the, um, uh, some of the earlier philosophy, philosophies were about the idea that um, everything is perfect, and the irony or the secret or whatever, I would prefer not that term, it's been rather Abused, yeah. overused, or whatever. Yeah, so everything is perfect. And um, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it because it'll still be perfect. Uh, but our lower form of ego has the idea that our whole point is to correct the universe. And uh, that's not the point at all. The universe is very self-correcting. Uh, in fact, if there's one thing that is guaranteed to happen, it is that there will be something that resembles balance. So, once you accept that everything is perfect, then you really have nothing to do. Yet we have this desire to evolve, we have this desire to improve, which is from supernal source, it's not going to go away, it is, it is who we are. We came here to become better beings. But realizing that everything is perfect and that there's nothing you can do about it, then you never again have to worry about anything ever. Yeah, very liberating. And you can be that free. And certainly validation would be nothing to worry about well, because you are self-validating or you're not, in which case you're owned. Well, how about, yeah, self-validating would be the next step, but what about requiring no validation at all, not even from yourself? Because ultimately everything is self-validation. Like if I seek validation from you, really I'm doing that because I've made you middleman in validating myself. And so if I cut you out by validating myself, that's great. But what about getting to the place where there's no validation required? And if you think about it, all these senses of injustice and these comparisons and these ideas that something isn't fair, we all have lots of that going on. It, it, and when we don't feel validated, it's like we're all going around gathering evidence for our court case, to have our day in court to prove that we are valuable and you are not valuing us. And so we're collecting evidence and data, and look what you did to me in 1942, and all this, and because I'm gonna take you to court and show the judge that you did not validate me. And so it's like our whole life is spent gathering information, gathering statistics, instead of just being the witness to life and reality, being the witness to ourselves, creative ability. I had written this real quick thing. Uh, um, I'd written this short prose one time. I was in uh, Skyline Drive and it was autumn and it looked like this beautiful carpet, literally, um, you know, how carpets used to look in the 70s, you know, with the little 
texture and it was multicolored and I thought oh and I was just describing this beautiful scene that I was seeing and I said how magnificent this is but how more magnificent that I was given the eyes to see it and to really feel that feeling that seems so special and I think that's where we would end up if we dropped the validation and dropped uh, the need to do anything with it you know or in fact drop need period mm -hmm. Because you really don't need well, anything. Yeah, I think that would I be know the for simply years we've taught the idea that there's a grand total of one authority figure on this planet, and who is that? Call in if you know the answer. The idea of being um, in charge of your life, well, you are, and no one else is, except we are all, we have been brought up in such a language, in such a way, that we are constantly seeking someone else to tell us not just to validate us, but to tell us what to do. Not just, you did a good job, here, do this. Then you have no responsibility for it because someone told you to do it. That you realize, I don't know, do you realize exactly how lame that is? I mean, no offense meant just who's in charge of you? And we really have to get to the point where it's us who are in charge of us again. We had this a long time ago and not in our lifetime. The mankind as a group had that concept, but it's been taken slowly away from us. And stop that. No, I'm in charge of me. That's the way it is. I'm the one that tells me to whatever it is that I do. Of the next trillion things that I might possibly do, it's rather a small number, trillion, of whatever the next thing I do, I'm the one that chooses it. Now, if I'm, I'm angry, I'm not the one that's choosing it. If I'm afraid, I'm not really the one that's choosing it. If I'm, um, what are those other words, guilty, I'm not really choosing it. The rest of the word, I don't care about the words anymore uh, in that sense. We have to be in charge of our life. This is 2015. There's going to be more time. Really? Who knew? Yes. And... Therefore, it's time for the reset. Have we noticed that yet? This is 1-15-15. Who would have thought that this date existed in the 1960s? Who would have thought any of this? And yet here we are. Fine, so let's do this. Let's be different. Let's get to the point where we're in charge of it. Let's get to the point where, gee, no, I'm not going to do that for no other reason than I don't want to do it. It's immoral, they're fine, that's an excuse. I don't care, moral or immoral. I'm not going to do it because I don't choose to do it because I have free will. If you have any concept of what free will means, then you're allowed to do whatever it is you do or don't do. You really have to make a call on this because it's your <coughs> life and it's going by and really much more rapidly than we might think. Time is, that's, as we said, that's another show we can talk about time dilation and how that's working out. So you are your own authority. Act like it. Quit fooling around. And part of that authority is to realize that no matter what it looks like, it's on your side. I don't care what it looks like. It's on your side. Well, I think if we could get to the place where that's the default feeling, yeah. just the knowing, and I, for many years, I would go through whatever my feeling was about what was going on, and I would have my feelings, and 
uh, how I got out of them was to say, I know this is a blessing, there's a blessing in this. And I really credit my mother, who was very advanced for someone born in 1921, uh, because she told me every time something happened and it seemed terrible, and I would say, oh, mom, I didn't make this, or I lost uh, out on getting on this, uh, whatever, um, this contest or whatever it was, she would say, there's a reason for everything. Just trust that. Um, don't, yeah. don't worry about it. Don't question it. There's a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, I know when I was interviewing Carolyn Mason, I said that to her. She thought that was insanity, um, <laughs> that there isn't a, a reason behind everything. But, you know, uh, so that made me question it for a bit. And I thought, well, no, I think knowing that there is a reason takes it out of this random chaotic thing where there's no part of you or any, any force um, governing or, or, or having some kind of a, a consciousness behind it and puts a consciousness there. And whenever there's a consciousness, we can have our power. The thing that's scary about a monster is there's nothing behind the eyes. There's no conscious, conscience or consciousness. There's no way to reason with it. It's just deadness in the eyes. That's scary to us. When we see that there is a consciousness, a part of us, that, that, that there's a reasoning with, it, it's really helpful. No, no hair on happen. mic. There's, um, there's the, what we've taught for years is the new blessing, and every moment is a new blessing. Mm -hmm. And the new blessing does not resemble the old blessing mm -hmm. necessarily. Sometimes it does, mm -hmm. but that it's all a, a rolling blessing. We taught that I don't know how long ago. Um, I was talking about the that reason, today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, the fact that there's a reason behind everything, as we were just saying earlier, you don't have to have the reason. You just have to have the knowledge. It's perfect. It's a form of love. It's on your side. Mm -hmm. This is a very important aspect to get across to yourself. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of default words that are just ridiculous. The word random, this occurs at random. Do you realize that dreams, uh, I think in the 50s, the scientists were saying that dreams were random? They still say that. <laughs> I guess I'm not random anywhere close to this planet. Random firings of the brain. <laughs> yeah, okay. There is no such thing as random. The word random, when you use the word random, you mean that you don't understand it. You mean that you don't recognize the bigger pattern. You say that you mm -hmm. have no clue. Same thing with That's the great. word complex. I'm a complex person. What I've actually said is, I don't understand me very well at all. <laughs> That's what I've just said. Now, when you understand something, it becomes simple. So I can say to you, with a great deal of my own authority, that I am simple. I am not difficult to understand whatsoever. I want to see the world be a better place. I want to do away with roughly 90% of the language we speak because all it does is keep you in little hamster wheels. It doesn't move you forward. It doesn't give the opportunity for new thinking. Any genius that has had a revelation starts that revelation with the words, you ready for this? You ready? You ready? I was thinking about it all wrong. Yeah? We're thinking about everything all wrong. It's time for us to start thinking in very, very, very new ways. Pound it into your head. Everything that happens is on your side. If you want to find reasons that that's not true, have a good life, but don't come anywhere near me. What am I going to tell you? No, this is not rocket science. It's 
simpler. Well, God makes things simple. Man makes things complicated. That's yeah. the way I've always it's, seen it. Everything is perfect. Everything is on your side. And everything is an unrecognized form of love unless well, you recognize it as love. Yeah. Which is the object of being incarnate is to figure out how much you can recognize as actually love. Anything that you cannot recognize as love owns you, spins you like a top, distracts you, derails, just uh, the words are endless, not very interesting. Well, you know, an example of this, and I know I've said this on the show before, but we get new viewers all the time. I was in a meditation a number of years back where I asked, what could I do to help those less fortunate than me in a better way? I know we all volunteer for the show. We put our time and energy for uh, volunteering, you know, all the stuff I post online and all that. But I was thinking more along the lines of soup kitchen or nursing homes, like what could I do to really uh, do this? And so I was in a meditation and Mother Teresa shows up, which is very different because I'm not Catholic and I love Mother Teresa and all that, but it's not somebody that I usually think about. But she shows up and right in my face says, what makes you think there are those less fortunate than you? And I had an, oh, I could have had a V8 moment. Um, it, it, I mean, it was just stunning to me. And I realized, oh my gosh, you're right. If there's no one less fortunate than me, then there's certainly no one more fortunate. So I can just get out of that tangle. And I realized that I had been giving to people out of guilt because I felt they had less. And that's how we think of people. Look at that person. They're on the street or they're poor or they're living in a ghetto or they're in a third world country. Oh my goodness. By us validating that they are less than we are, like, oh, poor you, all we're doing is furthering that illusion within their mind. And so immediately I, I stopped doing things out of guilt oblige and projecting that thought onto people. And I saw everyone is completely equal with their whole entourage of angelics and guides and teachers and past lives, present lives, future lives, all, all the rich things that our most special, sacred, spiritual person would have. And so I, I honored what path they took. And then my heart told me what I was supposed to do with each person. Sometimes I give if it's from love and my heart tells me to. And sometimes I don't if my heart is not telling me. Instead of just using guilt as a meter to measure yeah. where they are in comparison to us and either give or beg, you know, and it was so liberating for me. And that's another way to see the blessing because I know many people are probably thinking, what about the people that are right now outside cold? Like, what is the blessing in that? Well, we don't know. That's for them to find out in their own life. It's not for us to question or judge, but your heart will lead you if you are to be of assistance to them. And I tell you, the minute you stop giving out of guilt oblige, you become infinitely generous because love is endless. Love funds itself. Guilt runs out of energy quickly. Yeah, guilt goes to nowhere. Okay, guilt so is something we can do away with. Uh, we have been taught from day one the concept of a victim mentality. And uh, there's no such thing as a victim. Uh, believe it or not, we live in singularly the most uh, eloquently um, coordinated um, symphony ballet. Uh, the, I was shot to death. Okay, so I chose to have the experience to be shot to death. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, I can guarantee you that the person that shot me to death had chose to have the experience to shoot me to death. 
the uh, guy that made the gun chose to have the experience of making the gun. There is nobody that does anything that is not their idea. That is a definition of free will. Once you understand that there's no such thing as a victim, and um, well, then you can open your eyes a lot wider than they are. I read on the internet someplace a very interesting statement that was that um, we uh, understand other people by their deeds, and yet we understand ourselves, this is paraphrased by now, we understand ourselves based on our intent. And therein is the incredible disconnect that keeps us from ever being anything but judgmental little wimps. Did I say that loudly and you heard me? Okay. Now, my point being that if we judge ourselves by our deeds or we judge other people by their intent, we can just turn that one on its head. Okay, now, I've read again on the internet, every once in a while there's just a wild thing that, that sets me off quite well. Another one was, and it took me, this is three weeks ago, maybe I saw this, and it said, everyone in the future will wor work for free. And I thought about like reposting that, because that's the truth, because there won't be money. Everybody will work for love. Uh, and we sat on this show and, uh, for years, and it was only at the very end of 2014 that anybody actually replied, what would you do if tomorrow morning there was no such thing as money, you did not have to worry about eating, taking care of your family, getting nothing. You have no worries. There's no money. Uh, what would you love? What would you take your life for? And what would you do that you would love to do? And please call in and tell us, what would you love to do? And I frankly would love to do art, for example, which I've been doing, which reminds me I'm, I'm going to have a one-man show in Reston uh, at the beginning of March at Reston Corner 2, and I'll have more to talk about that later. It's going to be 10 or probably 13 paintings, some of which you've seen on the show. Anyhow, that's uh, part of my distraction, but it's what would you do that you would love to do? I really love to do art. It's, it does it right in front of me. I'm just sitting there and it well, starts. There it is. <clears throat> that's I'm, a good question. Everybody yeah, asks themselves what would you now. Love and to do? One of the biggest things is a lot of times people don't know because they have not given themselves that opportunity. Or freedom. Yeah. yeah. And please call in if you think of something it is that you would love to do because this is very important. This is quintessentially important. This is beyond uh, recognizably important. What would you love to do with your life because it is a universal edict that you are allowed to do what it is you would love to do with your life. You're born knowing it as a child. You're never going to get a child to take a job. You know, I, I had uh, heard this um segment on a TED Talk or something where oh, yeah. it helped you to figure out what you do. It's a list of these five simple questions. I have them written down. I will bring them next week, providing sure. I remember, and do that for the audience. And it was really, it really worked. It was very useful. But the thing is, is you don't have to worry about it. If you stop worrying about it, you'll automatically gravitate to it. It'll bring you energy. It'll bring you life force. And I know they're Yeah, we're waiting. about to do the painting. There we go. And the two shot. Hi, this is the two of us. Two. There we go. Ooh, that's eerie. 
now the thing's mouthing off. This is if um, this started with um, walls have ears, right? Now you can see that. Okay, so I draw the ear and I go, well, I got to come up with a wallpaper that's identifiably a wallpaper so that the wall with wallpaper will have an ear. Uh, but I couldn't find one I liked. And then uh, somewhere in there, um, I started to recognize that the ear represented, let's just call it social media, because everybody wants you to be excited about whatever it is they just did. And so they post it. Only you really can't keep up with a thing like that because you now have a thousand people telling you these little things they did. And it takes up your time and you don't live your life anymore. And there's no way to reply to them. And there's, now, if you discovered something, you know, research and development magazine, you discovered uh, MIT came up with a 100% um, solar car. The only way it won't work is if you put it in the garage. That's it. It will run simply forever. The sun doesn't have to be ignited. Okay? And uh, they used to kill people for thinking up things like that. Well, what I'd like to do every day is just bang on my drum. There you go. We'll get you a drum and just knock yourself now, out. Well, I have so, see, I, I feel very rich in that I enjoy so many different things. I love to um, make rugs. I love to knit crochet, embroider, sew, quilt, candle making, yeah. read, write, puzzles. I, I just create tarot decks. I yeah. just love to do a lot of things. <clears throat> and I think we all have things we love to do. So um, perhaps this could be the thing you do during the week, is open up, let it present itself. What we tend to do is filter it through what I can make money doing and just take that filter off and let yeah. first who you are, what, like what you love doing, yeah. become apparent. And then and the it, money follows it, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also about getting to know yourself. Getting to know me, getting to know all about me. Um, just uh, on the, the painting eventually became listen with your mouth or talk with your ears as a uh, because you're never going to find a uh, post on um, Facebook that credits where the information came from unless the person embedded their name in something they put on Reddit or something else. But it's important that we start to stop listening to this nonsense because your head is, is uh, going to be full of bees. How's that for a quaint expression? Well. Deep listening is a profound gift. Um, yeah. That's something I do in the work I do with people, the mm -hmm. um, emotional freedom and removing blocks, is to truly listen to what people are saying. And all the way to what they're saying. We don't listen. Everybody is waiting to say the next thing that they yeah. want to say, or is this person going to approve of me, or how do I look in this dress? You know, it's like what thoughts are really occupying the head. Yeah. Um, rather than really listening to what's going on. I uh, would love to put together a listening retreat if anybody is interested, perhaps going to the beach, where we really listen to life and learn yeah. how to listen to ourselves. It, it, it's, a, it's a profound thing. Yeah, and that would be silence is what you, you know. Lots of things. Yeah. You can really listen. There's an exercise that I teach in psychic development even when you're in a busy room. Uh, a bit, you know, loud place. But at any rate, I think it is important 
to understand your preferences, get to know yourself. What is it that you love to do? And start writing a list. I remember many years ago you had said, and by the way, we are beginning our 16th year. Uh, we've already begun our 16th year as Telepathic TV. And that's a long, long time, okay? Uh, so, and we've done it religiously every week. Um, we were off for the last three only because the studio was closed. Yeah. It's rare. I know I've been I just um, came up that way. not coming lately to, uh, yeah, to give you an opportunity yeah. to do some stuff. And, um, but for the most part, we've been here every single week, and so has the crew for the most part. So. Yeah. And we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Marisa. Marisa, Hi. what can we do for you? Um, I'm calling because I wanted to talk about um, what you just said. If you could do what you really wanted to do, what would that be? And for me, I would really love to sing. Whoa, I've, all right. I have always wanted to do that ever since I was a child, and I gave up that dream, oh. um, like you said, really because um, it's something that I couldn't really support myself with. Mm -hmm. So wow. now I've incorporated it into my life by doing it as a hobby, singing at church. That's something I would really like to do with it is to form a group to go entertain at nursing homes and rehab places. Excellent. Yeah. But oh, you know what? That, that's so brilliant because yeah. everybody thinks that whatever you love to do has to fit into this money-making thing. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's just bring it into your life. It doesn't have yeah. to be your job. Um, you don't have to quit a job that's paying your rent to go uh, be a candle maker somewhere and then put yourself under hardship. Just do it wherever right. you can, and then it starts growing in your life and filling the room, just like a plant would. So that's brilliant. Yeah, and the, the universal principle that would be involved in this is that if you just decide to sing in whatever way that is, then the money will follow you. Rather than see, there's um, but even if it doesn't, Deepak you know, the, the joy is having it in your life. Yeah, but go ahead. Uh, Deepak Chopra said that there are two goddesses. There's the goddess of wisdom and the goddess of money. And whichever one you pursue, the other one pursues you. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, brilliant. That's, yeah, okay. that's very true. That's an excellent quote. So if you um, pursue singing, then money has to pursue you. It's just the way it works. You don't have to have faith in it. It's just a universal principle. Yeah, I love that. I remember yeah. we heard that many, many years ago, yeah. and it was literally like a wow moment. Oh, absolutely. Just had it again, a yeah. refresh. So that's great. You know that was so uh, wonderful for you to call Brilliant because phone I call. know that you have really inspired a lot of people by that. Yeah. I hope so. Well, you've inspired me, and I heard you mention this once before. I think it was before the holidays, but it mm -hmm. was, um, I guess I missed your show, and I just happened to see the rebroadcast. Oh. So I figured this is my chance to call in. Oh, well, thank oh, excellent. you. Yes, that was thank lovely. You very much We'd love to hear from you. And, and thank you so much. I yeah. really enjoy your show. Oh, thank and you. Call in thank again, you. Please, yeah, please, anytime with any kind of question. Uh, it's just um, yes. gives, the, gives the show life for us. And we so appreciate this, and we love, well, your, love your call. That's very true. And our show is set up as uh, we don't do guests, um, as you can tell, because you are a third, third party here. Yeah. Um, and for you to call in and have conversations is a mm -hmm. really good idea. And we freely give advice from our perspective. Everybody has their own, but it's always good to get 
unique perspectives and everything. Always, yeah. But, but you know, this whole idea of everything being on your side, uh, what we hear, there, there's a lot out there where people are saying inspirational stories. It's like, I, um, uh, like you know, I want to be a singer, like, like uh, we were just talking about. Yeah. And, oh, now it happened and I'm going to Hollywood or whatever. But when you open your mind and you just allow it to come in in whatever form it's present and it shows up, that is mm -hmm. so wonderful because people are perpetually unhappy with their job. Hmm. I rarely meet anyone that's happy in their job. And it's because we think that we have to resist the job. Look at the job for what it is. If it's paying your bills and you've got heat and you're eating and you're reasonably not getting abused and stressed out too, too much, just say, okay, I'll appreciate that source. Now, what can I bring into my job that I love? And then what happens, what you grow, love starts growing in your life. And that's how you have to love everything away. You can't hate anything away. No, the minute it sticks you're to not you like I... cellophane. Okay, yeah, well, the, the, the We call? have our next caller. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, my name is Karen. Hi. Karen, what can we do for you? Hi, I was watching your show just now, and I really liked what you were talking about, that uh, if you didn't have to worry about making money, what would you like to do? Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought I would uh, like to mention that I like to, my biggest um, passion is to try to do surprisingly things for people and see oh. uh, the smile on their face. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's unbelievably dynamic. That's very inspiring too. That's and you know, I, I, I like to uh, help people. That's, that's really something that I really enjoy doing. Ah, wow. Oh. Uh oh. That was tech, I think. To do. Oh, oh there good. she is. Hi. Oh, excellent. Ah. Yeah, now, Karen, we missed that last wonderful. little piece. When you said you love to surprise people and bring a smile to their face, the last piece you got cut off a little. Um, I said I like to help people uh -huh. mm -hmm. help and uh, see um, how they how they feel about it. I, and I don't want to uh, let them know that I'm helping them because they need help. Because I just feel how would they feel if somebody was to give them a surprise. Oh, yeah. You see, that's yeah. your angel self. That you that you couldn't forget when you came mm -hmm. down here and got on the other side of the veil of forgetfulness, mm -hmm. so that's brilliant. Well, thank you for that. No, mm -hmm. thank, thank you. Thank you for spreading that love into the world, not not just by your actions, but by you claiming permission to do something you love to do. Yeah, that is totally the secret. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that what word I don't care for, but that is the truth of who it is we really are. Yeah. 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 And to figure out what it is you love to do is to figure out who you are. Isn't that exciting? Well, that's what we're here for. Yeah. It really is, like, like I was saying earlier, and I said it a lot of times, like the game with the card on your forehead. I know there's a literal game because a friend of Suzanne brought that to the um, Ruby yeah. Tuesdays one night. But <clears throat> there was an old game we played as a kid where you lick the back of a playing card and put it on your forehead. And then you ask questions. Is it higher than a two, and, and you do all this to deduce what number you have on your forehead. That's really what we came here. And the more you open up to these small ways, which are really the profound things, you're going to get to see yourself. Yeah, for who it is you really are. And uh, yeah, I keep, And that's I, always a good thing, by the way. I keep almost quoting something I wrote in the 80s. Um, uh, but I don't know why, when, for me to share my poetry and my writings from when I was younger, I get really nervous for some reason, because it's just so exposing, it's so vulnerable, but it, it fits along this topic really mm -hmm. well tonight. 
And one of the lines was it, in isolation as a, a, a means of protecting someone I didn't even know, is one of the lines from one of them, which mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's, it's so true. If you don't even know yourself and you isolate yourself, you aren't going to know yourself all that much more. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. so I know we are, the duck is impending. On the duck. Oh, wow. Oh, there's no cards in the duck. I'll pick a card. It's a cardless duck. Here, pick a card. I'll pick this one. This card's in the duck now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm guessing that's the one of swords? Uh, no, that's the page. Page. That card to me always means it's time to write. It's time to communicate, say, just be innocent about it. Don't worry about what other people are going to think. Oh, interesting. And I got the four of pentacles, which can mean a sturdy strength. And I'll let you take the duck back since I'm going to keep these. Thank you. See, everything's perfect because we got these cards. Now, the four of pentacles perfect. can mean that everything is going to be okay financially. And so you don't have to hold on so tight for fear it's not going to be replaced. But get yourself in, into balance with it. Guaranteed. Okay, well, perhaps I will use this deck tonight doing readings. Since, yes, since if, it's if right there. If people call in. Yeah. Well, I think that that is such a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. How is everything on your side? So remember, during this week, you are going to deeply listen. That means listening without an agenda, listening without, uh, like being fully present, meaning that you're not building your case about why uh, the universe isn't validating you and should. Mm -hmm. and, and you're not, um, you know, uh, looking for any kind of a validation that you're just fully present. And then start paying attention to what makes your heart flutter. Get familiar with the feelings. Sometimes life is so stressful, we don't even know what that feels yeah. like. Think of something that now, makes you excited. And it is a mega leap to understand that absolutely everything that happens is on your side. You will eventually realize it, but there are so many words in your way that realizing it takes an unnecessary amount of time. Whereas if you didn't think with those words, you would recognize it immediately. As in the word betrayal, uh, a word, uh, uh, pardon me, a program is to a computer as a word is to your brain. Mm -hmm. If you think the word betrayal, you set off a multi-year program, which are, turn out to be forms of hatred. You hate whoever that person was for being who they really are. You hate um, yourself for not having realized it. And everybody hates you because you keep bringing it up. Well, you know, I will say... Sense. So just the conclusion is that a betrayal is actually freedom, that you're set free by that. But you, you, the word betrayal sets this, oh, then I have to be. So I've made my point. Okay. Well, I, I was just making a point. I put the language codes right here today specifically because I would like, I know being here on the show, we get very little feedback. Often mm -hmm. we don't even know if people are watching. Uh, we just don't know, okay? Yeah. We don't have a way to get our ratings, even though we do go into millions and millions of uh, homes. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We get very little feedback as far as 
uh, if we're helping people. And so I'd like to give you feedback on behalf of all the people that may have never spoken this. But I think your books are brilliant. Oh, and they were you. certainly groundbreaking, your language codes book, Still. Um, the, the original language codes, and I, and I know this um, as being you know, part of that in your life when that was being created, and I know that that's brilliant. But really, it changed the world. Everybody yeah. talks about this now, but you were really the original one that wrote of it, and a lot of uh, famous people well, have read you. your books and now espouse the same philosophy, and it's, it's something that was, you put pen to paper, and now it is a well-known thing that people use every day in their daily life, so congratulations on well, that. Thank you very much. I recognize yeah. and salute the divinity within you. Thank you very much. And we have a caller. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary Neville. This is Shalanda. Hey, um, I'm Wanda. wondering. Hi, Happy New Year. Oh, you too. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, Mary, um, I kind of would like a reading for like my love life for 2015, and I will take the answer off the air. Okay, well, thank you for calling in. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yolanda, right. yeah, call again, please. Yes, that can just be a standing request. Okay, well, this is a good thing. The first card, it's everything's good. Remember, everything's on our side. But the first card we get is the Ace of Pentacles. And you can see that beautiful gate that's leading into all these wonderful things. And the path is right in front of you. And Aces are beginnings. And Pentacles are not just about money. They're about our physical, everyday life. And one of the things that I feel that card is saying to you is open up a space for the love you really choose. That sometimes there have been times in your life where maybe you w wished for something, but you really weren't opening a space for it. And that now might be the, the right time for you to look into that. How you can open a space, I always see this card, which is the Nine of Wands, as a, as a infrastructure, building not walls. Um, in my, my deck, the Inner Wisdom cards, I, I define the, the card boundaries as fluid points of choice, not hard fixed walls. And I think when we grant ourselves the ability to say, no, that's not for me, then we can open up at a deeper level because we're not trying to protect ourselves anymore. And so that goes along with the first card of making the space, building the infrastructure for it. And then the final card is uh, there may have been some doubt, like a, a relationship that where you felt uh, that, that you were lied to or something like that, and you may have stopped trusting your instincts. And what this is saying is don't. Don't worry about that. Don't get caught up in your head. Your heart will lead you. And guess what? Even if someone breaks your heart, it's okay. You'll recover. You'll move out of it. It's really okay. I think that's another thing that we define as the risk of uh, love is too, too much, too dangerous. But it's not. We can get over it. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Anthony. Happy New Year. Anthony. Oh, happy New Hi. Year, Anthony. And I was just wondering if I was able to uh, get a reading from Mary. Sure. Be most happy to. Great. Thank you very much. I'll hang up and listen. Thank uh, you. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. The first card is the Judgment card, and I love this card. It, is, it shows like a, an angel with a bugle or a trumpet and these people rising up out of coffins. And the way it looks kind of like, what is that? But basically what it's saying is 
get out of those old fixed ideas and the, the coffins, those limitations that we put on ourselves with this illusion of death and endings and stuff, and be who you really are and not, not hold yourself back anymore. Just expose yourself for who you are because it's okay. We were talking earlier about everybody being afraid of microchips being implanted. You know, who cares if the microchip knows I went to Safeway? You know, if you live your life in an authentic way and you love yourself, who cares, you know? Just be yourself. Um, now this is um, a card that can, the person sitting there, the Four of Cups, um, he looks a little distracted or whatever, and sometimes it can be a, a, a tad bit of discontent. But you know what? If we don't have that discontent, we really don't reach out and start new things. And this is saying that there could be something that just shows up in your life for you to embrace. And it's saying, be ready to open up your hand and receive it. And I, I really do feel that um, you have the gift of mediumship around you. Um, uh, just something that, that you may think about, hold in the background. Now the page or uh, the um, Knight of Swords can be talking about don't rush too headstrong into something. Give it a little time, but not so much time that you get your feet stuck in the mud either. But that now may be a time to really look um, like you may feel like uh, forging ahead, but you might want to bring a little bit of diplomacy in it, but still have that power to plow through it. So just temper it. Thank you. Do we have time for another? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, hi. We're going. We've got hello. Three hi. hi, Mary. Can you hear me? Yes. Or, Neville. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Hi, this is Pam Dixon. Hi, Pam. Hey. Hi. Hey, okay. Good to hear from you. Thank you so much. Um, t I really needed your show tonight because this afternoon um, I didn't. I was kind of had a bad situation, and it was interesting that your topic about everything is on one side, and then when Neville mentioned uh, the car accident. I was like, okay, there's uh, definitely some synchronicity going on here. So I had a very weird kind of um, accident today. It was actually parked with parked cars <laughs> and ah. unfortunately involved a friend, which makes it more awkward. But she had pulled me over. I picked up my daughter. She, I was getting, they were getting ready. To, they were taking my daughter to go on a play date with their daughter. I saw my daughter snack sitting on the seat, and I said, oh, wait. And I put my car in park. I still think I did, but it's, it, I was on a little bit of an incline, and it started rolling. My door was open, and I jumped in it because, of course, she has a BMW. So I was thinking, oh, I need to try to make that not, you know, hit it. So I jumped in the car uh, to try to stop it, which I couldn't do, and I, my legs ended up getting crushed in the door, oh. like pent up against um, between my car and the door. Oh, jeez. And we couldn't get them out, thank God, you know, no fractures, but, you know, I'm severely Ooh. bruised, and I yeah. did go and have it checked out. Now, I believe we're down to our last I'm minute. Sorry. So I was really scared. I don't know. I was trying to think of how this was a good thing. I don't know if there's anything. You could just do a quick uh, sure. look at the cards and just see Sure. Let's, let's um, pull, and we'll do a lightning speed reading. Thank and you. we are going to be at Ruby Tuesdays after. Um, I think Neville wanted to say that. Okay, the yeah. first card, this is a card where it does feel like something's against you, um, that person's picking up his stuff and fleeing or whatever, but it's also getting away from something, um, like um, just physically picking up and moving away. And uh, oh, we're really getting low on time, so I know uh, this is rushing. This is a card, don't, you know, about staying up and worrying about it. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. I think what this is saying is that there might be some overburdening going on in your life right now that you're letting and go of. Whatever steps you didn't take because of this, 
are steps that yeah. were not to have been taken. That's on your side yeah. that you didn't take well, the steps. I would finish. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Um, a lot of times these kinds of things come to prevent something later, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, I have a lot more to say about that, but we got to go. Okay. So um, yeah. ca uh, call in next week or maybe call the house if. if uh, okay. 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 Thank well, you so thank much. Well, thank you. Or email, maybe. Set okay. Up. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, set okay. Up it was our joint honor to take you to the door. And you're going through it, so act like it quit fooling around. Yeah. Evolve. Stop being the same. Yeah. Do something different. Yeah. Grow a pair, etc. Mm hmm. Thank you.